0: This podcast features adults using adult language, but you know, you got to grow up sometime.
1: my notes up so hang on this is rad uh where are you episode 16 notes you know we're really prepared this morning which is a good thing to be yep this morning uh on this podcast which is gotta grow up sometime a swan's crossing retrospective and i am libby grant
0: i'm nathan kessler jeffrey also prepared
1: just like every time we're the same people yep (laughs) we watched episode 17
0: with other people And each other. For the first time. First time watching one of these episodes together. And the funny thing is, I have way more fun talking about the episodes than I do actually watching them. That is what I discovered yesterday.
1: Well, it's not an especially good show. (laughs) (laughs) So that is understandable. Yeah. Um, I'm such a glutton for punishment. Like, I would 100% rather watch things that I do not enjoy watching mm-hmm. than things I enjoy watching. I don't know why I'm like this, but like, I have been a lifelong Mystery Science Theater 3000 fan. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Riff I love track. Mystery yeah. Science
0: Theater 3000. Of
1: course you do. I can tell by looking at you that you do. <laughs> <laughs> You know, game-recognized game. Yeah. Um, this is a
0: man who goes to plays and likes to sit in the back far away from everyone so he can
1: make snide comments to the person sitting next to him. I think we need to go to some plays together sometime. <laughs> I will be the crow-tea-robot to your Tom mm-hmm. Servo. Um, anyway, this episode was especially not action-packed.
0: And here's here's the other thing that I discovered. I always want more Nancy until I get more Nancy. <laughs>
1: This episode is Nancy heavy. It's
0: that it's that classic problem of you do a movie and everyone loves the sidekick character, so you do a movie where the sidekick is the main character, and it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, Nancy should not have a spinoff. Maybe I know we've discussed this in the past, but maybe I'm rethinking that because this episode was dull.
0: Nancy is a leave them wanting more character. <laughs> You know, it's like a spice, like a little, you want a little pepper in there, a little cayenne, but you don't want too much because it ruins the whole thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, she was really at peak Nancy this time
0: around. 100%.
1: And it was too much.
0: It was too much. Her, Her top is, is far more than we were able to handle.
1: Now we know what, what the ceiling is for Nancy. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's talk about your predictions from the last oh, episode. Oh gosh,
0: okay. Cool, cool, cool.
1: So, you figured Callie, Barrick, and Jimmy would all be together in the same room doing stuff together.
0: Two-thirds right.
1: Two-thirds right, yeah. You figured Sydney would try to talk to Garrett, but he would refuse. That did not happen.
0: Garrett's not in this episode at all.
1: Shocking. I think it's the first episode that was devoid of Garrett. Uh, you figured Mila would finally meet up with Owen to return the drumstick. No Mila either. No
0: Mila. We just spent a lot of time talking about them.
1: <laughs> yes, we did. You figured the Baldies would be back. That was true. Yes. Uh, You figured that JT and Neil would spend the whole episode in JT's room, and there would hopefully be Neil typing. Nailed it. Yes. Hundo P, as my friend Brian says. (laughs) What? (laughs) For one hundred percent. No. (laughs) No. Next big event would be set up.
0: Yeah. No. What? mm, Okay. Maybe. Yes. Uh, The next plot. The next plot is set up. Yes. Very well.
1: Uh, and you figured Nancy and Sydney would make some plan to get Garrett in trouble and get him kicked off the team. Boom! Yes, in fairness, I did cheat a little bit, and I, I lured you into giving some kind of yeah, an answer yeah. to that. But yeah. that's okay. You, you were correct. I was because, lured. like, literally in the last seconds of this episode, we realized that that is what's happening. Yeah. It opens with Callie seeing that shadowy figure... And who is it?
0: It's, well, who do you think it is? It's obviously Barrack. Yeah,
1: of course, of Lur- course. Lurking
0: in the dark like a creeper.
1: Of course the child predator is the shadowy figure. Can we also
0: acknowledge the opening shot is this, like, full body pan up Callie in this, like, way that you expect to happen in a Fast and the Furious movie with, like, all the butts <laughs> Right, except it's a it's a teenage girl. <laughs> We're like <laughs> just... she's
1: sixteen, please. Oh
0: gosh! Um, and he he like and there's no dialogue. Yeah, like she sees him, stops. It's dark out. He moves out of the shadows, and we see who it is. And he just looks around like he's he's like. Am I being watched?
1: Right. He totally gives off vibes like, is anybody going to see it if I expose myself to this girl at this point? It's very <sighs> creepy. Yeah. Um, and she has a look of what I consider to be an appropriate amount of terror on her face. It is scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very creepy.
0: Yeah. And then we cut to Neil in his bedroom. Excuse me. JT in his bedroom. And he, the man is practicing his pitching in his bedroom... With an actual baseball in his boxer shorts. Yes. As a teenage boy, I never allowed anyone anywhere near me when I was wearing my boxer shorts because I didn't know what was going to happen <laughs> at any moment.
1: Yeah. And as it turns out, a lot of things happen to JT while he's standing around in his undies.
0: This super kid. He makes no effort the entire episode to put on actual pants or even
1: shorts. JT's got... He's, he's too angry for pants.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: He is having an intense fantasy with internal narration about the ball game, and he is fantasizing that he's a big baseball star called Iron Arm Adams. <laughs> and then Neil comes in, still wearing his full uniform. I mean, it is like probably midnight at this point. Neil right. has never changed.
0: But but he did walk Katie home. I mean, there is some That's continuity true. there. Which a little I, bit. Which I appreciate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That that works. Yeah. He catches JT mid-fantasy, and Neil kind of realizes like, oh, you did some work on the computer on UB2B. He's like, yay, yay. But then he goes over to the computer and realizes.
0: Every, all of the files have been opened. Opened. Oh my gosh. Oh. What's going on? And we cut away from that almost immediately to the exterior of Swan's soda shop. Yes. And Nancy exits the shop and turns and sees Sydney disheveled By the bench.
1: She looks, she's got leaves in her hair, her makeup is ruined by tears, and Nancy says, Sydney, what happened? You look homeless! You look
0: homeless.
1: (laughs) It's it's the most nancy moment of all nancy moments that you can possibly imagine just,
0: just so horrible i'd also like to talk uh, just for a second about the glorious zoom in that happens when sydney turns <laughs> her face for the first time it's like an extreme close-up where all we get is sydney's face it's amazing
1: and she does seriously look like hot trash i mean her, her hair is just a mess mm-hmm. there are sticks and leaves all through it like more than When we saw her last. So when we saw her last, she obviously was running through the woods. She fell at her grandfather's grave, swore upon his grave that she would get Garrett back or whatever the hell she said. Kept running, got to swans, and like took a compact out of her pocket and kind of fixed herself up a little bit.
0: Chucked her hat into the bushes.
1: Yeah. She pulled a couple of little... She had like maybe two leaves still stuck in her hair at that time. When Nancy comes out and sees her, it's like she rolled around in mulch. There's just... Crap all over her. (laughs) It's great.
0: 100%. So uh, we cut to commercial. Then we get our theme song. And then we're back with Nancy and Sydney. And I'm not sure what Nancy's trying to do because if she's trying to cheer Sydney up, she's doing a shit job of it. (laughs)
1: Pretty sure Nancy's never trying to cheer anyone up, really. Pretty
0: sure Nancy is, like, trying to seem like she's cheering people up while just making people feel like shit.
1: That's, that's her jam. And yeah.
0: Yeah. And there's this conversation where Nancy, like, gets her up and Sydney wants her to come spend the night. I don't know why. If I'm feeling bad about myself, the last person I want around is Nancy. Right,
1: right. So Nancy kind of, like... Look, she, she sort of runs through the clues of what she sees going on with Sydney, and then she realizes, oh, she's brokenhearted because you you, you lost Garrett. Basically, is what she says. Right. And, so she rubs it in. Of course. And Garrett
0: and Mila are still in the cafe, gazing at each other over their straws Oh yeah.
1: She totally tells Sydney in detail about how much in love Garrett and Mila are inside at this very moment. Okay. And then she's like, "You better get out of here before they come out together, and they will come out together." She's yeah. like, "They're gonna fuck tonight." <laughs> So that's why I think Sydney's like, "Oh, come spend the night with me." And Nancy's like, "Uh, I have a hair appointment in the morning." <laughs> Nancy. So
0: good. Sydney does convince Nancy to come spend the night. Yeah. Only only by saying you can wear my pajamas.
1: Yeah, but she she like she goes through various manipulations where she's like, "I'll have Ralph drive you to your hair appointment in the morning. You can ride in the Mercedes with the top down." And then she like Nancy negotiates her way up to fancy pajamas.
0: Right, but not the fanciest of the pajamas.
1: Right, right. Sydney
0: will not, Sydney <laughs> will not stand for that.
1: Yeah, her her number two pair.
0: Right, <laughs> the baby doll pajamas. Yeah,
1: they're very weird looking. They're
0: so odd. <laughs> they're so odd. Yeah. And I don't really understand things women wear to sleep in, but I understand the term baby doll to mean something very different when it when it comes to sleepwear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When when she first said, when I first watched this and she said, can I wear the baby doll pajamas, I was like, where is this going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is happening here? Also, she describes another, like, fancy lavender silk lingerie set that Sydney owns, the, the one she won't let her wear. And I'm like, who? Like, why, why are you letting your young teenage daughter buy really revealing sexy? Like, listen, people can wear whatever they want. That's, That's right. fine. But also... If I were a mother, I'd be like, maybe you can get that set when you're 18. <laughs> <Like, laughs> you know... Let's, let's I mean, stick with age-appropriate for now.
0: Particularly if I, the parent, am paying for it. Right, you although, know what I
1: mean? to be fair, this was 1992. This was before kids had cell phones all the time and could take pictures of themselves and send them to anyone. So maybe you would be a little bit less concerned about something that you could be pretty sure was going to stay in the privacy of your own
0: home. That's true.
1: Nowadays, I'd be like, absolutely not. I know about the Instagrams. <laughs> 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 I know you kids with your hashtags.
0: Yep, yep. <laughs> I know who's following you. <laughs> Speaking of following someone. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to Merrick and Callie. And she's given him like the third degree on where he's going and why he's in this dark alley late at night. And he's like, I want, I'm don't i taking a shortcut. Didn't want my ice cream to melt. Yeah,
1: he's got this little bag in his hand, like a paper bag. And he says, it's Kokomoka ice cream. <laughs> he and, doesn't want it to melt.
0: And again, just reiterating how uncomfortably sexual every scene between these two people is.
1: It's so gross because he keeps constantly, like, looking over his shoulder as if he's really paranoid that someone's going to see him with this minor child. I mean, it legit feels like he is planning to assault her. It's very creepy.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that's what they were going for. I think they were going for, like, secretive force... Like, he's undercover or whatever. And that's what they were trying to, like, build up the suspense of him being nervous. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. It does look like... It
1: reads all wrong. And also, just let me point out, Barrick if you are constantly looking over your shoulder and asking people very pointed questions about who their fathers work for, you're not being secretive. This is bad undercover work.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is does, is ridiculous. He ridiculous. Asks very pointedly if Callie's dad works for the government.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we'll get to that though. So she she tries to thank him for putting Jimmy into a better mood and, and says, "Oh, you talked to him at the game," and he's like, "Yeah, whatever." Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then he's like, he's like, "Oh, it's dark out. Let me walk you home." And she kind of resists a little bit because you know her instincts are good. She doesn't want to walk home with this fucking weirdo. No. But um, he forces her to go with him anyway, and he walks her back to the sub. And on the way there. We passed the same stupid circus posters from the Tool and Die set, but they're just in an alley. Yeah. Which, that is creepy. Posters of clowns in a dark alley.
0: Yeah, incredibly creepy. Also, when is this circus coming to Swan's Crossing? Or are these leftover from the last time the circus was here? And if so, who are these clowns?
1: So weird. That's what he should be investigating, my god.
0: Absolutely. That's Callie Walker, uh, paranatural investigator. <laughs>
1: right she will catch that wizard She'd, someday
0: right exactly and and the creepy clown <laughs> <laughs> we we make it to the sub next right no we're back oh, in
1: jt's right. room okay. next he and neil are trying to figure out who messed up their computer files and at first they're like oh it must be katie but then neil's like no she was at the game remember i, I piggybacked her home so they have a science boy dialogue about how suspicious everything is and katie appears and she's like glory's on the phone JT's too pissed off to talk to her. Yeah. He goes on swinging his baseball bat around and being mad in his underpants.
0: Yeah, which you do, right? Sometimes you just need to spend some time being mad in your underpants.
1: Yeah, Neil kind of talks to him and he's like, why are you mad at Glory now? Like, this is amazing because Neil usually hates Glory. Yeah. Because as we all know, he's in love with JT. Right,
0: Neil is uh, tremendously supportive of the JT-Glory relationship in this scene, uncharacteristically so.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure why he turned over this new leaf but it is a dramatic turn for him he kind of gets jt to admit that he just doesn't want to talk to glory because garrett's her brother and he's pissed off at garrett so um neil sort of falls on the sword and and like he's like go talk to glory it's in it's in your own best interest like you know you got to go talk to her katie comes back in it's too late she she hung up the phone she told glory that jt had laryngitis (laughs) And he's like, why'd you tell her that? What did you do, Katie? Yeah. Fucking and Katie. she's like, I couldn't tell her that you wouldn't talk to her because you're mad at her. <laughs> True. And then JT screams, I'm not mad! <laughs>
0: We also get no glory in this episode. I
1: know it's sad. It's not, like,
0: half the cast is off for this episode.
1: Glory's on everybody's phone, but no actual glory screen yeah. time.
0: Also, Katie's level of sass is just <laughs> delightful. She's, like, near Olsen twin level of, like...
1: In my opinion, <laughs> she exceeds Olsen twin level. I, I don't know. I've been trying to figure out who this kid is because I suspect she might actually, in real life, be the little sister of Tom Carroll, the kid who played... Um, JT oh because they have this they have definite like big brother little sister chemistry going on right that would be hard to fake Um, and I know it was very common in the 90s to bring in you know starring actors younger siblings for some side roles Mm -hmm. so it could be that but I haven't been able to figure out who Katie is or what she's doing with her life now Katie ropes Neil into reading her a bedtime story or she tries to because JT will not do it he is moping in his hammock and Neil is not going to fall for it. He is very focused on figuring out who attacked the secret files.
0: Right. And we're soon going to get into more of that, which is probably my favorite part of this episode. <laughs> in in an episode where not much happens. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: then we see the Baldies. They say that they are locked into the program and that their agent in Swan's Crossing, quote, has begun. Our agent has begun.
0: I, I want to know, is this the first time... Because we've seen the FBI and the Baldies, um, and we've seen—oh no, no, this isn't the first time we've we've, seen—we've—we've thought about an agent because there was the scene where they were handing the stuff across the yellow legal pad uh, to the person and sending that person to Swan's Crossing. So I feel like we are setting up Barrick as the agent of the Baldies in Swan's Crossing
1: instead of like the FBI.
0: Yeah. That's that's where this feels like it's going to me. So we haven't had any other new character introductions recently.
1: That's true. We haven't. And, and um, well, you'll just have to find out whether okay. you're right or wrong about that. All right. You'll just have to find out. Anyway, mm. it's a very brief scene, but it closes on maybe my favorite moment in the whole whole episode <laughs> where the main baldy gives a very creepy smile that looks just like Nosferatu. And it
0: lingers. The camera lingers on this man for a long time. It's...
1: You it's, feel it in your soul. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah.
0: There's also this beautiful establishing shot of like the back of one of the Baldi's heads and the camera pans up and then we see the other Baldy like a <laughs> Like it's just it's a weird stacked two where you get both bald paints in <laughs> in the shot. It's so good.
1: Do you feel like you're getting um, adequate representation as a member of the bald community? Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. I feel like, I mean, I don't think we all need to be portrayed as villains, uh, (laughs) frankly, but...
1: (laughs) But at least they're interesting.
0: Yeah, true. So we're back in JT and Neil's bedroom. JT now has a bat and is swinging the bat around in his bedroom Near his little sister.
1: And he straight up hits like an architectural pillar. And I'm sure his parents are thrilled that he's beating the shit out of their house with a bat. Mm -hmm. Uh, And
0: Katie begins, the only dialogue in this scene is that Katie begins reading her own bedtime story to herself. And it's Muffin meets the...
1: Muffin meets Moonbeam.
0: Muffin meets Moonbeam.
1: I wish I could tell you this is the last time we will hear about Muffin meets Moonbeam.
0: But unfortunately... Oh, no. It is not. <laughs> oh, no. Jeez Louise. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, then we're right back to Sydney's room. Nancy yeah. is prancing around in Sydney's baby doll pajamas, which it turns out are kind of a pink and white-ish polka-dotted gunny sack that yeah. just sort of encases her in a shapeless blob of fabric. Right.
0: It's like a... I mean, the bottom of it looks like a diaper.
1: Yeah. Frankly. <laughs> I guess like, that's like, it where the baby like part comes in. like a silky in.
0: diaper and it
1: looks very uncomfortable
0: to wear yeah absolutely and and sydney is is moping around in a bathrobe she literally moves from like one horizontal surface to the other throughout this whole scene (laughs) she's on the floor and then she gets up and she lays on the bed and nancy gets on the bed next to her and they're chatting
1: sydney is so depressed that she can no longer exist in three dimensions she is strictly 2d at this point just flat everywhere she goes uh, Nancy starts peeling old wallpaper off the walls to try to cheer her up. I'm sure, again, Muffy Rutledge probably thrilled about that. Mm-hmm. And then Nancy, once Sydney finally like crawls up onto her bed and falls flat again, Nancy tells her, she always she's like, I always thought it would be so great to be you. And then Sydney says, it is, <laughs> usually. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this whole
0: story about... How they were naming horses and Sydney got the name she wanted and Nancy didn't. They both wanted their horse to be named the same thing.
1: Yeah, so as we kind of vaguely established in one of the last previous episodes, Nancy and Sydney do like competitive horseback riding events together and I guess apparently we find out in this scene that they got their horses almost at the same time, but Sydney got hers right before Nancy got hers. So Sydney called dibs on the name Sugar for her horse, and Nancy was stuck with naming her horse Spice. Why didn't she just name her horse like literally anything else if she hates the name Spice?
0: Exactly. There's no, like, it's not like there's a limited pool of names to choose from. Osh. Shit, I have to name my horse Spidey. There are
1: literally only two horse names in the world. I have known some really great names on horses before. I have to say, my favorite thing to name a horse, absolutely a human name. I knew a horse named Lupe once. He was great. Greg. Greg. Greg is a great name for a horse. Okay. Nancy kind of makes this, in trying to cheer her up, she's like, you're just not used to losing. And Sydney says, why should I be? And then... Because Sydney still will not perk up. Nancy's like, How about hot chocolate with like crazy whipped cream and marshmallows all over it? It'll be great. Sydney's like, No, get the fuck away from me. And then Nancy says, kind of re- referring to Garrett, she gives this great line play hard to get and surprise, no one gets you. <laughs> true.
0: True, true. <laughs> Na- I should also point out that Sydney at this point does move from the bed to the chaise where she yes. lays down again.
1: Yes. She flops down
0: and gets a phone call.
1: Yo yeah, but right before the phone call rings, she says to Nancy, "What do you know about love? What do you know about anything?" God, why did you ask her to spend the night if you were going to be right? like this? You utter bitch. Mostly
0: because she <laughs> wanted to be like this, I oh, yeah. think. You know, just just to treat somebody else like trash. She
1: needed an audience. Like nowadays you can you can like put that shit on Twitch and you can be all sad in front of the camera and get people <laughs> commenting on it. But back then, you had to bring Nancy over for a sleepover.
0: Absolutely. And and uh and everybody else was off for this episode, so they were like, "God, <laughs> oh, we got to put Nancy with somebody."
1: Uh, I did Ugh. learn uh, while listening to uh, Zach to the Future, a podcast in which uh, Mark Paul Gossler rewatches Saved by the Bell because he never watched it after it was recorded. He like avoided it. So now 30 years later, he's rewatching it with one of the writers for the, the reboot, which is it's a great podcast. It's lots of fun. I learned a, a term in TV for what this type of episode is, where it's just like super limited cast in like two sets uh-huh. or one set. It's called a bottle episode. And it's like basically done to save money, like shave money off the budget. Nice. To be like, okay, we're just going to film in these two sets with just a few people and that's it. And we're going to somehow squeeze an entire episode out of it. So this is a bottle episode. Okay,
0: great. Thank Um, you, Mark
1: Paul Gossler. I'm sure you don't listen to this podcast, but thank you anyway. (laughs) Um, We don't, the phone rings. Nancy picks it up. We don't know who's on the phone yet, but she's very disturbed. And she sends Nancy off to get that hot chocolate so she can be alone with the caller. Yes. Who is on the phone. I have forgotten. You forgot?
0: (gasps) I'm so sorry. That's
1: all right. It's Glory! That's right. Glory's calling everyone tonight. And you can, you can, you don't really hear Glory's side of the conversation at all, but Sydney (laughs) kind of- she was off this episode. Yeah. (laughs) She had vacation. So Sydney kind of explains that she's like, well, I couldn't do anything but stick with my mom because your dad announced that he's running for mayor. I had to go with my mom while she faced the press or whatever. Which is interesting because the press was remarkably uninterested in the fact that Grant Booth had just announced he was running against her.
0: Yeah, and they were very interested in this new centennial stage
1: oh, this is stage a stage thing. that a bunch of children without experience or licenses are going to build. Or insurance. So great. Great idea. Nancy comes back in, like, immediately. She's gone for, like, ten seconds and comes back in. Sydney just hangs up on Glory. <laughs> All of this, in describing this, it sounds very fast. And yet, this scene was excruciatingly long to watch. <laughs> it goes on.
0: That's so long. That's probably why I forgot who was on the phone. I was so yeah. tired of this scene. Well,
1: yeah, because that, Nancy comes back in and they have this whole like shifty talk about the hot chocolate and why it's here and what Ralph is doing and blah blah. Uh. And eventually we get to the fucking point, which Nancy reveals that she has dirt that will help Sydney get Garrett.
0: Right, and it's not, the way that she says it, you're not sure if it means, like, get back at Garrett or get with Garrett.
1: Yeah, we don't know.
0: It's very unclear.
1: Meaning unclear.
0: Also, can we just talk about the fact that I'm very rarely on Garrett's side but Sydney, Sydney is the one totally in the wrong here. She should, uh, she should really be like, you know what? I don't need revenge on Garrett. I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna take my lumps. Maybe apologize, something like that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, sorry. My PA just texted me and he's like, "Help! I need something done." I'm like, "I can't. I'm recording my very important podcast." And then I sent him an emoji of a swan. He knows. <laughs>
0: Does he listen? Is he one of our 17 <laughs> I, listeners? I
1: think, I think he listened to one episode, but if he's smart, he stopped after that. Tim, <laughs> if you are still listening by now, I'm not sure why. Anyway, <laughs> back to JT's mess. Katie is still reciting this boring bedtime story mm-hmm. while JT has his baseball fantasies and Neil calls what I suppose is some sort of IT help desk. Like he's on the phone with someone doing IT talk.
0: Right, and but it, so- it does sound like... It sounds like he's talking to someone who's in IT for, like, the town. Like, if the town had servers or something, which we know they don't because all the files are missing. Right.
1: We're still on paper files for sure in 92. It is very weird. But But yeah, he... he He sort of gets the information somehow that there have been computer failures of all kinds all over town. So someone has clearly cyber-attacked Swans Crossing.
0: Absolutely.
1: Oh my god. I mean, listen, cyber-attacks weren't even a thing that was popularly in the public imagination until many years later, so... This was uh, weirdly prescient for, for the writers.
0: That's, that's not 100% true. Like hacking was a thing by this point because there were all kinds of like movies about like being able to like break through people's security oh, yeah. online. It was
1: always, they always said, I'm hacking into the mainframe. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah. Probably, yeah, there was, that a, was a lot was in, of like,
0: hacking into the mainframe. Probably
1: that line came up in 500 films in the 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> I'm hacking into the mainframe. And then, like, Neil typing. (laughs) JT is skeptical that anything is really amiss. No one's trying to steal their fuel formula, but Neil is going to try a new antivirus program, which I think in 1992 would have been McAfee.
0: I also want to point out that it probably does need a virus uh, program because the green screen of their monitor is entirely nonsensical numbers. And (laughs) some some of the figures on there, it's all digital, like a digital watch, except... Some of them are not numbers.
1: <laughs> it's kind of matrixy, but like not as cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bunch of nonsense. Matrix-y. Yeah, a bunch of nonsense characters.
0: And uh, and as Neil is t- starting to do this, JT starts pretending to throw the ball and screaming at his sister.
1: Yeah, he's really being a dick to Katie, and yeah. Neil like yells at him and basically tells him to stop being asshole to Katie more Which or is- less.
0: Which is weird because, again, the last person yelling at Katie was Neil.
1: Yeah, Neil usually loves yelling at people and he hates glory. So he's very, like, this is off his his show Bible at this point. Yeah, Libby, well, I think what Neil hates is girls, 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 girls. Oh, Neil. <laughs> we know you hate girls, Neil. So um, Neil finally ropes him into work by calling him Buckyball that breaks through it cracks Ugh. through the sacred nickname yeah Neil is still really upset over what's going on with Garrett JT calls or sorry Neil's upset over what's going on with the files right JT calls him paranoid but is he is he <laughs> <laughs> oh oh
0: there was something I forgot to mention from the very beginning of this episode the music when barrack comes out of the shadows <laughs> is very like And I realized what it reminds me of. It's the psycho music from Alfred Hitchcock's movie.
1: It's totally like very close to that without infringing on copyrights. It is (laughs)
0: like so scary. (laughs) And you're like, no, definitely this man is a psychopath. So we cut over to the submarine and uh, very clearly on the side of it is Lita. Yep, there it is. The goose of mythology. (laughs) And Beric and Callie uh, walk into frame.
1: They sure do. Beric asks why her dad came back to Swan's Crossing. And of course, as we know.
0: It was the only place left.
1: Indeed it was. (laughs) Callie reveals that he returned to study nudibranchs, which in case you don't know, are little sea worms.
0: Is that what they are?
1: Yeah, a good friend of mine is a marine biologist, so I know way too much about little sea worms. Beric's like, well, it must be nice to have a passion. And Callie's like, you do. And he looks all confused. And then she's like, your bike. Yeah. Duh Duh. And then Barrett gives her a suspiciously suspicious at, look. At least, at least he wasn't like, "I do." Ah! <laughs> Taking a slow step toward her, like, Ugh, uh, uh, uh. Ugh. how am I, how am I finding ways to make this
0: more creepy? <laughs> I
1: know that's okay though. He gives, so she says, "Your bike." He looks at her very creepily, and then he just straight out asks, "Has your dad ever worked for the government?" Smoothest secret agent in the history so of secret agency. Barrick then apparently hears something that no one else hears, and he goes, Get down! And he just, like, body tackles Callie to the ground and lays on top of her, which I assume is just an excuse to grope this underage girl. Yeah,
0: yeah, it really does look like his hand is on her ass the whole time. It's- like. You can't really see it, but it looks that
1: way. Well, when we come back from the commercial break, his hand is over her mouth. He is holding her down on the ground with the weight of his body on top of her, with his hand over her mouth. It is upsetting.
0: Very upsetting, (laughs) to say the least. And she, she, like... The weird thing about it is how how it doesn't really af- impact her the way that one would actually respond to this.
1: I know. I mean, Callie Walker is unflappable, though. Yeah. But she's just kind of like, she just sort of rolls with it. And he does get yeah. up, thank God. And then she's kind of like, you're crazy. I'm like, yeah, he is. Yeah. He's crazy. Get out of there, Callie. And she like slowly climbs to her feet and watches him walk off.
0: With and a like, suspicious look. See you at the shop tomorrow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I am not
0: coming into okay. work.
1: I quit. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back in Sydney's room. Nancy reveals that she overheard coach Tuna telling Garrett that one one wrong move and he's off the team for good.
0: Wait, did we skip over the section where where JT puts the thing on the, the on the No, that's next. Oh, okay, sorry.
1: So Sydney's happy again because she sees her her route to vengeance. They hug happily, united in a friendship built on evil scheming.
0: Oh, so good, so good. It's and there's so much hair. There's there, a lot there's of hair. There's so in this much scene. hair.
1: I mean, Nancy has volume for sure. Oh yeah. And then Sydney kind of like brushed her hair out too, so it's just like wide. She doesn't it takes have up bark in it
0: anymore. <laughs>
1: So then we're back in JT's room.
0: Where JT has been doing a beautiful sketch of Garrett's, uh, he's been doing a a portrait of Garrett, which he then, he has a blow up doll of The Scream.
1: Yeah, the guy from the, the painting The Scream.
0: And he tapes it. The sketch of Garrett's face, which is essentially eyes and a giant nose. Well,
1: this this weird doodle has a name. It's part of like pop culture. You might not have known this because of because of your Hosted. weird upbringing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> my for... <laughs>
0: weird upbringing,
1: how dare you? <laughs> how dare you, Mormon? <laughs> but <laughs> um, for for listeners out there, it, it is the Kilroy was here drawing. Except instead of Kilroy was here over the guy's head, it just says Garrett. And I debated, I was like, do I need to like actually describe the Kilroy Was Here drawing to people so that younger listeners know what we're talking about? And then I thought, no, because the only people who listen to this podcast are in their 40s. Yeah, so he tapes it to the screen guy. He's about to throw his baseball at it, but Neil conquers the computer virus and distracts him. Yet, JT still refuses to work on UB2B. He says, I have a virus of my own to exterminate garrett just in case you didn't know that he was talking about garrett right yeah. in,
0: the subtext in case subtext is not clear which it often isn't in this in this series he just goes goes ahead and makes it text to text
1: yes <laughs> text text maybe that might be the title i don't know he we'll chucks
0: see. the baseball hits the thing in the face yep. and it falls over it, it does have little antenna which I think is very funny because when the, <laughs> when it falls the antenna are like rah, 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 all the way down.
1: We cut for one final brief scene to Sydney's room just long enough to cement in our heads that Sydney and Nancy have a definite plan to get Garrett. And as Sydney says, I'm going to get him good. We freeze on her devious smile and roll credits.
0: It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And just so much Nancy in this episode. So much. So So much Nancy.
1: You and I watched this episode together because I just had to see how you reacted to the line, (laughs) you look homeless, which kills me every time I see it. I laugh so hard. Um, It still manages to surprise me every time. But I mentioned that I would reveal during our recording session what I learned about at least about JT's storyline, what was supposed to happen in the season two that never got made. Yes. So there was a season two of Swan's Crossing greenlighted, and then just a few weeks after it was greenlighted, it got axed again, such as the fortunes of television. But um, at least some of the actors got scripts for season two and were able to read through them and find out what was going to happen in the plot. We know this because an ancient, ancient fan website from the early 2000s uh, posted something where they received an email from someone who claimed to be either a, a best friend or, like, brother or cousin or something of Tom Carroll, who played JT.
0: So we're reporting on, like, eighth-hand rumors here. We're breaking an eighth-hand story.
1: Eighth-hand rumors from 20 years ago. Yeah. Just so we are aware of the depth, the, the quality of information we have here. Um. So this is what Tom Carroll at least told this one person, allegedly. <laughs> Was going to happen in season two with the character JT. Yes. Brace yourself. JT and Glory break up. <gasps> and JT steals Mila away from Garrett. What? I have to assume because of all the rage he has built up from this scene that he comes up with a long-term plan to get Garrett. And he's going to fuck with Garrett the most by taking his girl. Right. So, um, yeah. That's that what was it was one thing that was supposed to happen in season 2 of Swans Crossing. Sadly, we will never see it. We will never see it. It's tragic. Oh. Well, who is our psychopath of the week?
0: Barrick. Yeah. I mean,
1: 100%. No question. JT was throwing a tantrum, but Barrick was actually attempting to grope Callie, so Yeah.
0: Yeah. Gross. This this girl Yeah. Um, Half his age. So gross. Unacceptable. Uh, Swan count. (laughs) Uh, One new fake swan and one new imaginary swan. Thank you, Lita. Um, (laughs) Bring our total to uh, two imaginary swans, 24 actual swans, and 51 fake swans. All right. Other swans. All
1: right. So lay on me your predictions for next week.
0: Okay. So next week... Next week... Mila finally goes to the studio. <laughs> oh, jeez. And and I think Sandy has some real depression issues around seeing how much Owen likes Mila. Not loves, likes. Of course, not um, love. I think if that happens, we get an intense Owen fever dream about Mila. <laughs> maybe Maybe she's in the gold dress playing the drums. That would I, make me so happy.
1: I hope that happens.
0: <laughs> um... <laughs> We probably also, before that happens, though, we get a uh, scene of Garrett and Mila after the Swans crossing, or after the Swans soda shop scene, so, like, maybe Garrett's walking her home or because obviously everything continues to happen on the same day and they're talking about what a nice time they had and how much she likes him and how much he likes her and blah 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 and he drops her off and he says his catchphrase and he's all i love myself and glory gonna come back next episode she's gonna find out glory's gonna find out about the plan that nancy and sydney are hatching and she is gonna be put in the situation of do i save my brother or do I maintain my friend's confidence. That's where we're at.
1: All right. Do you have any any guesses about what the plan may be that they're hatching?
0: I have no idea. They're going to get him to do something terrible on his mini bike. They're going to they're going to rope Jimmy into this without Jimmy's knowledge. Also, as we know, Jimmy's arm is definitely going to be much better next episode because he was because of the power of his motorcycle fantasies.
1: All right. Well, I think uh, that I guess about wraps it up for this short episode. Um, my, what fun it was! And I can't wait to see how your predictions pan out.
0: It is hard to talk about an episode in which almost nothing happens. It is.
1: I mean, really, like I mean, nothing happens in this like, one.
0: Like, it's just the the two things that happen are Nancy and Sydney hatch the plot, and Neil discovers that the there's been a virus on the computer and takes care of it. Other than those two things, which could have been a total of five minutes of screen time, nothing happens.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of filler in this. A lot of JT being mad in his underpants, and that's about all there <laughs> is. <laughs> but, you know, we gotta get through it to get to the rest, which uh, some exciting stuff starts to happen from this point forward. I will I will dangle that little hint.
0: Okay, great. I, oh, dangle, dangle. oh, one other prediction. Gotta get, uh, gotta get started on the building of the stage. Gotta get that project rolling. All
1: right.
0: Thank you to Richard Winsler and Steve Lane for the use of our theme song, Gotta Grow Up Sometime, from the hit show Swans Crossing.
1: And if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Gotta Grow Up Pod and on Instagram at Swans Cross Pod. Um, and until next week, my friends, may you always, may your, your baseballs thrown in vengeance always strike true against their target. That was so long!
0: May your alleys be free of mysterious men.
1: That's, yeah, there you go. Um, listen, <laughs> it is long, but I'm a novelist. I specialize <laughs> in long. <law>. <laughs> All right, bye! Bye! Sydney? What happened? You look homeless.